Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization. Treasury.ms.gov. Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Everyone and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host Gerard Gibbard, along with Will East in for the vacationing Rhino. We're in the Element Wealth Studios, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. Morning, Will. Morning. Happy birthday. Oh yes, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, moving on up there, as they say. <laughs> moving on up. <laughs> I got a musical request for you, I'll tell you, at the break that uh, right. would uh, be appropriate for this being my birthday. But, and a gorgeous day it is out there today and across the Magnolia State. This is a little bit more spring-like. This is what we've been waiting on for a while. I tell you what, I drove up to West Point, Mississippi, had a golf junket, a golf marathon all weekend. Man, what about that rain here Thursday? It's pretty, uh, yeah, a lot of rain, and and uh, Saturday had a lot of rain. Saturday I know too. a lot of yards, you drive through the neighborhoods, a lot of yards are looking pretty rough right now, and um, I finally got to mow mine yesterday afternoon. After everything somewhat dried out, so mine looks a little bit more in shape. But Dave, Dave was filling in for you on Friday. Yeah, and, uh, was we we talked a little bit about yard work and all this kind of stuff, and uh, it's something that you know if you're a homeowner, it's something you take pride in. So when you get all this rain and it starts to look kind of shaggy, you kind of feel like you're letting the rest of the neighborhood down. It has uh, wreaked havoc on the landscaping. I'm doing a lot of. Uh, replanting and replacement of the the winter kill and a lot of shrubs just didn't make it they're just not uh i talked to my landscape guy he said it's a like a once every 20 25 year scenario where we have that really brutal cold weather as we did right before christmas you remember that uh but then about three four weeks ago remember we had like teens-type temperatures here in central Mississippi. And that was after a lot of the plants started pushing out. So that killed them? Yeah, it exposes them, apparently. So I had a lot that I'm just having to dig up and start over, which ain't cheap, by the way. Uh, But it just didn't make it. And he said every 20, 25 years. And I had some varieties that are borderline for our zone. I mean, if if it uh, sort of stays moderate, you're good, like... Pitosporums is a is a shrub I happen to like. You see a lot of those in Florida, so we're just on the edge of it. 
and it just it took them all out. Mm-hmm. Just can't can't make it. But uh, good for the nurseries for sure. Uh, yeah, and turf. A lot of turf just uh, has problems with all the water, as you know. Uh, I noticed that uh, just the golf courses are a little behind schedule mm-hmm. as far as where they normally are for this time of year. Uh, of course, up there in Starkville, we had Super Bulldog weekend, and the Bulldogs take two of three from the defending national champion Ole Miss Rebels. Honestly, neither team really just showed out, <laughs> I would say, is maybe yeah. a way to put it. Uh, don't seem to be... The only thing that showed out was the crowd. Uh, so did we set some records, right? Single day and series. plus. Yeah. So the state of Mississippi is tops in the nation when it comes to college baseball, college baseball attendance, the quality of play, the uh, the facilities. No doubt about it. We are the top of the heap in that regard. But I'm not sure in the SEC if either of these squads have a protracted postseason waiting for them. I don't see it at this point. Just don't. So, and I know a lot of folks are disappointed. Um, certainly, those of us in Rebelville are. We're disappointed, but I've heard some people say, well, did we like both teams? Did they like make a pack with a good Lord above that just let us win this national championship? <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll, we'll uh, endure. You know, fans are so funny because you would say that, you know, before last year or the year before, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you'd say, look, I'll, I'll give up five years. I'll have five years of bad baseball for one national championship. <laughs> and you get the national championship and you go, well, well this just isn't fair. <laughs> Absolutely. So, also, more more mass shootings going on in Alabama. A mass shooting, four confirmed dead, 20 injured at a teenager's birthday party in Dadeville, Alabama. And then please update us on the situation in Biloxi. Yeah, so there was a, uh, a mass shooting in Biloxi uh, uh, last night uh, involving one involving an officer. It's just been... It's been just a lot of them, and I don't know what it is, but so four police, uh, Biloxi police officer, at least four others injured injured in a uh, shooting on Beach Boulevard there in Biloxi. Um, witnesses reported seeing a male officer receiving aid for a gunshot wound to his right arm with the Biloxi Police Department later confirming that the officer was injured while searching for the shooter. Officers are currently investigating around two or three crime scenes to determine the cause of the shooting. I'm reading this from supertalk.fm. Biloxi Police Chief John Miller has confirmed that those injured during the incident are in stable condition, including the police officer. Miller explained that there has been an immediate response from police departments in the surrounding cities since the shooting. Um, they, As of this time, the assailant or assailants have not been arrested. Man. So my understanding is that traffic was blocked for a long period of time, yeah, causing problems. Uh, there was some aerial footage, of, uh, I understand, that would yeah. show the situation. What in the wide world of sports is going on? It was just not too long ago we had the situation, of course, in, in Nashville. Yep. And 
they just seem to, to make the news cycle, get a lot of attention for a day or two, and they just fall out of the news cycle. Then all of a sudden another one pops up. The um, moral decay in our country, how could you call it anything but that when humans are killing other humans? That's just immorality, blatant immorality. What in the world is going on? Well, I can't speak for um, the shooting in Biloxi, but I'll say that in in parts of the nation, I believe that the lax attitude towards violent crime has something to do with it. I know in New York City, where they're going through a, a violent crime wave, because the consequences just aren't there, and you have a lot of police departments that are, you know, they're um, under budget restraints and they just don't have the manpower like they did maybe ten years ago to go after these offenders. Certainly, that's at, at play here, no doubt. It's a huge factor. But why so many that want to take to crime in Chicago? You may. Of course, you're not even surprised when you talk about crime in Chicago. But there was like, and it's teenagers. There was like a teen takeover, if you will, in uh, in downtown uh, Chicago in the upscale area. Where and there's there's video footage of it where just a whole bunch of teenagers just crowded the streets and started smashing windows and attacking bystanders. And this is an area that attracts lots of tourists that stay in the upscale hotels and shop, the Miracle Mile and so forth. And they're and they're attacking the tourists. And so the police come in and they're helping to escort the tourists who are just enjoying themselves walking the sidewalks back into the security of the hotels. You can't even walk the streets. Yeah. Without this. We had the brutal stabbing death of the Cash App founder in San Francisco not so long ago. But the Democrats will tell you, oh, no, you're, it's just not a problem. It, it seems like they dismiss it. At a minimum, they don't talk about it. Let's put it that way. You never see... Or they a, blame the guns. Yeah, they, they talk about it in the context of it's the guns. And the Republicans are causing this because they're obstructing banning AR-15s and, and, you know, more strict gun control. Yet many of these areas, like Chicago, have extremely strict gun control. Again, I say, what compels a teenager to go out and terrorize innocent people? A teenager's at a birthday party in Alabama to start shooting others. What's going on? What, what even gets in their head to cause them to do that? Who in the world thinks about that as a teenager? Breakdown of the modern family. It's it's killing us, and they won't address it. They won't even recognize that it's a problem. We're taking a break here in the Element Well Studios. On the other side of that, we've got Scott Fox, music director and on-air personality at WCPR. Stay with us. Back to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi live from the Element Wealth Studios. Joining us now, Scott Fox, music director and on-air personality at WCPR. Scott, what's going on? Scott, you there? All right, I don't think he's hearing us for some reason. Trying to get Scott on here to talk about the CPRFS that's coming up on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, May 6, 2023. Scott will tell us who's going to be performing and how to get tickets, etc. CC in Senatobia on the C Spire text line. People need to wake up. This is Satan having his big run. Our best days are not ahead of us. Optimism along those lines is simply denial and, in some cases, delusion. Disagree, CC. Our best days are ahead. And taking a cue from Ronald Reagan, who I think was propelled into the White House because he was an optimist and he spoke in an optimistic tone. Honestly, looking back on those days, it looked hopeless at that point. Watching American hostages' faces on the the television screen every single night, it just looked like that bad guys, at least at that point in the Middle East, were destined Uh, to really do significant harm to the West, to this country. And Ronald Reagan changed the attitude of Americans and convinced us that we should be optimistic, that our best days are ahead, and he was right. But at that point, it looked pretty low, looked pretty grim. And I think the same situation, not quite to that level, honestly, exists to some extent today, but... Again, I believe that the dissolution of the traditional family and traditional family values are the major factor contributing to moral decay in this country. And what's so interesting is you see countless examples on a daily basis of of positivity, of good actions, good works by humans in helping other humans. You see that right here in the state of Mississippi. Not so long ago, we had horrendous storms rip through our state, wiping out some of our communities. And the response was overwhelming from fellow Mississippians and people outside of Mississippi to come to the aid and provide comfort to those affected. You see this every day. The problem is it never gets talked about. It certainly doesn't get talked about in our schools, not to the extent I think it should. I don't think it gets discussed in a traditional family setting because we don't have the pervasive traditional family that we once did. And I think that is the major contributor to deterioration of morality in this country. You certainly won't see any elected leaders discuss this point, because you immediately get labeled as a racist. 
or one of the other isms and phobisms, phobics, <laughs> that they uh, assign to those who even dare speak up about this issue. But statistically, and these statistics have been tracked, accumulated, published for decades, those who were born into traditional family environments and are raised accordingly have an order of magnitude greater chance of being law-abiding, productive citizens. All right, we got Scott on now. Scott Fox, music director, on-air personality at WCPRA. Scott. Hey, Gerard, how are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for uh, calling in today. So tell us about the upcoming CPR Fest. We've got a great show coming up in um, just a couple weeks, May 6th, a Saturday at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum. It's going to be outside uh, and inside. So we've kind of split it up in two. Uh, gates will open at noon uh, for the outside show, and we'll have bands playing uh, all the way up till 6 p.m., and then we'll move everybody inside the Coliseum and continue the show inside with three bands inside. Who we got playing? All right, we've got a bunch of bands lined up. I'm going to go through the uh, list here for you. Got a couple of local bands. Going to start the day off with Code for Canvas and Love the Hate. Uh, then we go to the national bands, Des Rocks, a band called The Violent, uh, a band called Crowbot, and then Saliva, Aaron Jones. We'll wrap up outside, and then we'll move inside with uh, three bands, Another Day Dawns, Bush, and Breaking Benjamin. Got it. All right, so how can we get tickets? All right, Ticketmaster.com is the uh, the place to go. If you're down here on the coast, you can go to uh, the Coliseum box office or any Ticketmaster uh, outlet if you have one in your area. But uh, the easiest way is Ticketmaster.com. And when you go to their uh, website, just you can search for Bush or Breaking Benjamin or CPR Fest, uh, and it should come up. You'll be able to find it that way. Hey, uh, Scott, this is Will. Hey, Bush is, it's, it's a huge, huge band, and can you talk a little bit about the process of getting a, a huge band like that to come to Mississippi? Well, there's, yeah, there's a couple different ways. I mean, when we start putting together CPR Fest, we, we kind of, uh, Kenny Vest and myself, will, we'll put a list of, the bands that we might uh, wish for, you know, and, <laughs> and we'll go down from, from from the big bands all the way down to baby bands, and uh, we'll make a big list, and then we'll start seeing, uh, we'll check their schedules and see what they're doing, and if one looks like it may work out, then we'll reach out to their management and their agent and see if they're available and if we can work out a deal. Uh, with Breaking Benjamin and Bush, they're touring together with that band Another Day Dawn, so that was kind of a a small package deal that we that we bought, and uh, the other bands that are playing outside, we piece those together from all kinds of different sources uh, to to get put this thing together, and that's pretty much how it goes every year. Well, I, let me ask you this: what, What's it like to be backstage with one of these big bands? Like, I mean, is it like all glam and glamour? I mean, I. I know maybe with some of the younger bands, when they're first starting out, they're partying and doing all that kind of stuff. But Bush has been around quite a while. Are they kind of a little bit – do you think they'll be kind of a little bit more lax about things and 
Um, you know, instead of yeah, look, drinking uh, Jack Daniels, ha- you know, have a uh, insurer or something like that out the- in the back. <laughs> yeah, most of those uh, bigger bands like Bush, yeah, it, it's no glam and glitz and glamour anymore backstage. I mean, they're, they're business, you know, so they'll probably stay on their bus until it's pretty much ready to go uh, hit the stage. Uh, some of the smaller bands are just kind of, uh, you know, getting their uh, sea legs, so to speak. They may do a little partying before, but uh, once they really get into the business of, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be successful at this business, they kind of uh, they buckle down and they stop partying so much backstage, and they go out there and try to put on a great show for everybody. So, you know, backstage isn't, isn't uh, all, you know, glamour like people might think. You Not know? like in the backstage movies, right? Nowadays is kind of business. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, anything we need to know about uh, the uh, rules, restrictions, policies concerning the concerts, uh, Scott? Well, the gates are going to open at noon. I'm sure you'll be able to bring in uh, lawn chairs and blankets and things like that for the outside section. Uh, Now, you won't be able to bring that stuff inside the Coliseum, so at some point you'll be able to go take that back to your vehicle and drop stuff off and get ready to come back and go inside the uh, the Coliseum. Uh, you know, other than that, the normal rules, you know, no weapons. You can't bring your own food and drink inside. Uh, you know, we'll have vendors for all that stuff. Everything you might need will be inside those gates. So you can come on out and have a great day, and everything you need will be right there. Gotcha. And how long have we been doing this, the CPR Fest? And this is our 21st CPR Fest. We started about... You know, 28 years ago doing it. There's a you know, few years that we skipped for this, that, and the other reasons. But uh, So this is our 21st year, man. We've been doing wow. this for quite a while. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it. I know it's going to be another great event. I bet we have fantastic weather as well as we usually do that time of year. So in a great venue for it as well, the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Scott, appreciate you telling us all about it. Gerard, thank you very much, man. Anytime. You got it, man. We're coming right back with more here in the Element Wealth Studios. Listening to Middays with Gerard, Gerard Gibbert, here on Super Talk, Mississippi. <laughs> That's right. I'm officially eligible for Medicare. <laughs> and you can't get out of it. No. Well. There have uh, been Americans that have tried to sue yeah, to get out of it. And you can't, you can't get out of it. You're paying in no matter what. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, and, but you 
I don't think the benefits, right? Yeah, Isn't so that? if you're – I've checked into that. So because I am employed and have access to the group coverage offered by the employer, that'd be in Telesouth, uh, I don't have to enroll. When uh, – at some point, when that's no longer the case, then, yeah, you enroll. So there's – some uh, l- little work you got to do about that. But I have talked to folks in the industry on how to handle that. What really surprised me is how dang expensive it is. So if you look at Part A, Part B, Part D, and then some sort of Medicare Advantage policy, essentially that equates to the private coverage that we have here today, which is t- typical standard employer-provided group coverage. You know how much that was a month for my wife and I? 1500 bucks. That's Medicare. 1500 bucks. That's $18,000 a year. Now, because of my income, I have to pay. It's income tested, right? I have to pay the highest premiums. Having that's after having paid into it for 40 years, and as an employer, paying the employer share as well. Man, and you're seeing a contraction of physicians who accept Medicare because the reimbursement is so low. Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of time with in my little circle of golf group, we had. I think 12, and all in within 10 years of my age. Three, maybe four, physicians, and had some interesting conversations about all that. You know, the frustrations, you don't hear that in the doctor's office, but you, in a, in a private sort of social setting, and they start talking about it. I mean, it's a nightmare, honestly, the, the whole world. Thank God they still care about taking care of people and curing disease. It's what they signed up to do. Invested a lot of their time and their money to do so. Uh, But the system itself is dysfunctional. It's broken. It's messed up. But, yeah, that's where we are. Jerry in Waynesboro says social media is the problem, and the iPhone, which came from the East, is the Antichrist. It didn't say it had to be a living person. You were seeing AI destroy mankind as we speak. Totally disagree, Jerry. Totally disagree. The same thing was said about nuclear fission 80 years ago. Same thing. And it's, it's like any other human innovation. There are positive benefits to be derived from such human works, human creations, and then, of course, in the wrong hands, they're harmful, negative aspects. Social media especially. Right. So if you think about the enormous benefit, it's launched new jobs, new industries. It's, it's created massive wealth as social media in ways that most people don't understand. Well, you probably do because you're kind of in the business. I'm, I, well, I'm in the middle, too. I remember before social media. And okay. I, I, know, I remember signing up for a Facebook account when you had to be in college yep. to have a Facebook account. That's the purpose. 
was yeah. to keep up on college campuses. That's what Zuckerberg invented exactly. it for. Exactly. So I, I remember before and now after, and yeah, there are some there's some pros. Uh, communication is so much easier nowadays. But there are some cons too, huge cons. Well, and sure. That, that every crazy person now has a voice. That's true. No doubt about it. So, but what's the the people are still crazy with or without social media. That's right. I I just can't understand that somebody goes to social media and somehow that that inspires, provokes a 16-year-old to go kill other people. I can't make those connections. I mean, when I was growing up, you too probably, Jerry, we we'd watch cartoons. It had all kind of violence in them. It didn't make me think about going out and blowing somebody's head off. Yeah. Because you'd watch it on the cartoons, they're blowing people's heads off. So I don't I just don't buy that that's the cause of moral decay. I think the cause is there's nobody in these youngsters' lives to teach them good from bad, right from wrong, fact from fiction. Hell, we can't even agree anymore what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's past, what's failed. We can't even agree on that. Mm-hmm. Think about it. We don't. One person's success is another person's abject failure from a perspective. So I, I move to, to share this with you. You know about Riley Gaines, the NCAA all-American swimmer on our program, been twice, once in person, uh, in the last, can't remember when it was, last, last week, week yeah. right, called in and gave a report on this rather rowdy episode she had at San Francisco State University. She was just there expressing her opposition to males competing in female sports, biological males we're talking about competing in female sports and how that's unfair. I don't see how any clear-thinking, logical person can disagree with that. So you remember the, I think the president, yeah, the vice president of student affairs, Jamila Moore, sends out a memo after the event, which caused Riley Gaines to lock herself up in a room for a while just to stay safe until the situation and was under control and the scene was cleared, she can she could let herself out of the room. I think someone was in there, her folks that travel with her handle, handlers, attending to her safety. The student affairs vice president sends a memo out thanking the activists for quote peacefully taking part in the anti gains protest and called them brave. It wasn't peaceful. But the San Francisco Athletic uh, Director at San Francisco State University says, hold my beer. Says that, quote, it's a common mistake to believe people might have a competitive advantage due to their physical abilities. That's a mistake. Notice the word People, not men participating in women's sports, people. 
It's a mistake to think that men may have a competitive advantage over women in sports. Huh? It's a mistake. Goes on to say, this is what's at the crux of this. This is this is where you get to why we can't agree on what's fair, what's unfair, what's good, bad, etc. Says, quote, some athletes can see competition as an enhancer of negative thoughts against trans people, making some forget about other issues like inclusivity. So what that's saying in a a kind of subtle way is, look, it may be unfair, and we may not have fair competition between the participants, among the participants, but think about the nobility of being inclusive, allowing a biological male who asserts they are a female to compete against a biological female. We've achieved inclusivity, and that that trumps fair competition. That's the message there. That's where we're headed. That's the insanity that's yeah. going on in this country. Oh, but it's inclusive. Inclusive? And then you have people, other people, Congresswoman Katie Porter attacking Riley Gaines on... Bill Maher's show yesterday Saw that. saying she's just trying to get likes. <laughs> it's social media. <laughs> We're coming right back with more as Journey bumps us out of this segment with Wheel in the Sky. We're in the Element Well Studios just getting riled up here. You're listening to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi. Standing in the rain with his head hung low. Couldn't get a ticket. It was a sold out show. Heard the roar of the crowd. He could picture the scene. Put his head to the wall. Then like a distant scream. He heard one get down. Welcome back to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. We are in the Element Wealth Studios. You know, just got through talking about it, Will. Just seeing, seeing a headline here on the television in the studio. A New Jersey mall bans unaccompanied teens on the weekends. Hmm. It blames TikTok for teen violence. I just, okay. I just don't understand how these teens – I don't know who's raising them. That's part of it. A lot of people say, well, it's the parents. My always rhetorical question is, what parents? That's the fundamental problem. 
I mean, what parents? What's what's the divorce? The divorce rate is what fifty percent right now. Still, I guess maybe a little bit higher. Forty percent fatherless homes. Forty five percent Mississippi. Forty percent. Forty five highest in the nation. That's a problem. Yeah. Also have the highest um, out of wedlock birth rate. Yep. So it's it's teenagers having babies that aren't ready to have babies and be parents. That that's a problem. Uh, obviously, out of wedlock is a problem because likely not to have a traditional home. Now that, and again, that's not to say, well, that there aren't situations where single parents can properly raise kids. Absolutely. That happens all the time. It's harder, though. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a, my, my dad died when I was 12, so my brother, my younger brother and I, single parent home. Uh, and But who's committing the majority of crime? It's yeah, pa- younger those that come from fatherless homes. Younger That's, people who are coming from single parent homes. That is statistically statistical fact. Statistical fact. That's been talked about. So they just put up the list of about five more malls in the Pennsylvania, New Jersey region, all of which are banning unaccompanied teenagers. That used to be where you'd go to just yeah. socialize and have fun. Not anymore. That's where they go to go kill people. It's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. I just you're you're thirteen, fourteen years old, fifteen, sixteen, and you're um, what? Did we just have a situation in Florida? Right? Yeah, that happened right on the heels of the Nashville situation that um, at the Covenant School, and uh, you, you saw the sheriff down there frustrated. This is ridiculous, and he even calls out. The problems with society causing this. And we we go to school now and we tell kids in many circles that the country is just evil and wicked and it's wronged you and you're oppressed and you're, you're divided people into the privileged and the oppressors and the oppressed and your situation is not of your own accord. It's society that did it to you and well, sure. It just works them up to a rage. Want to go kill people? That's a problem too. But again, you don't when you don't have any parents at home to guide you and keep that in perspective and speak out against this nonsense being spewed by uh, many of whom are, that are spewing it. They're aggrieved. They're like in the. They're part of the problem. They're constantly looking to point fingers at someone else, something else, for their situation. They're just unhappy, perpetually unhappy, perpetually aggrieved. It's the grievance industry. That's what's what we're witnessing today. And you get fools like Robert Reich. I follow him. I talk about him. I read his tweets a lot. Over the weekend, for years, we have been told that the free market, in quotes, free market, in quotes, would magically lift the poor out of poverty, expand the middle class, and realize the American dream. Instead, millions in the U.S. still live in poverty. The middle class has shrunk, and the American dream is on life support. Well, nobody ever said it was magic. That's where Wright gets it wrong. 
Nobody ever said the free market as as an economic system would magically do anything. And it ain't perfect. But relative to all the alternative economic systems, it's way out front by orders of magnitude. The problem is folks like Wright have told people in society, you don't have to work. You don't have to do anything. Just sit back, and you'll just magically be enriched, and the government keeps showering money on you. That's what he's missing out on. There's so much opportunity out there, it ain't even funny, but you got to get off your butt. you got to have a little gumption, a little drive to get out and seize the opportunity and leverage the opportunities. Plenty of it out there. Go to work. We're coming right back. It's time for Fox News and Super Talk News. An hour left and then Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews today. And now, the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. That's what I like listening. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. back for hour two of middays in the element well studios are you thinking about or planning for retirement do you have a plan go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let element wealth help you find your balance between income growth and guarantees and we're going to be on two remotes this week on the road that's right. You're going to be in Ellisville on Thursday. They're doing some stuff there. And then on Friday, you're going to be smoking on the tracks and avoiding, hopefully avo- avoiding the rain. Yeah. Because we need more of that right now. <laughs> so what's happening Thursday in Ellisville? Thursday, I think they're doing some economic development stuff. We're still waiting on some info on that. So okay. uh, that's going on. And then smoking on the tracks, That's a that was your first? It was remote that you ever ever did for two years this ago company yeah that's exactly right that's on the tracks it's a barbecue cook-off in summit mississippi great food live music and a car show smoking on the tracks is brought to you by lot furniture in macomb ag up and southwest distributors and what i remember about that will that first kind of enlightened me to how powerful this network is, and uh, just how how much it is watched and listened, how big the audience is, is sitting there uh, at the set, the remote set set up, the portable, under the Super Talk tent with a big Super Talk RV yeah. parked right there. The number of people that drove by the street, and we were parallel, facing a, a relatively busy street there. They would roll their windows down and wave at me, hey, Gerard! <laughs> like, who's that? That's cool, though. Honestly, I was blown away. Yeah. And uh, I guess the first I learned that there are just a lot of people out there, and we're very grateful for all of them. They make all this possible. 
that, and we appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy delivering it to you. But that was my first exposure to that. Where's the strangest place somebody's recognized you from Super Talk? I will say this. I wouldn't say it's the strangest place, but maybe it's the the, the people who recognize me were from the strangest place. And that's when we did the remote, the first one I did at two Mississippi museums. Mm-hmm. And a couple was touring the museum. And during the break, they came up and introduced themselves from Michigan. And they listen on a regular basis. Really? Yeah. And that that was really astonishing, honestly. And so that just shows you, um, you know, how, how powerful it re- the it really is. I'm not on the, the air very much. I'm only on the air when somebody's out, you know, yeah. just to fill in. Um, my normal job is more the, on the management side of things. But so people will recognize me occasionally. But I was at a funeral. Wow. <laughs> this guy didn't know. Uh, I didn't know who this guy was, wasn't related to him or anything. He said that he recognized my voice. How about that? That's cool. And he said, I, you know, I, I recognize your voice. And he's like, well, you know, who are you? And I told him who I was. And then he said, oh, I know you from the radio. <laughs> I, uh, You know, we have the T-shirts, the Super Talk T-shirts. And, yeah. the, and the back of them has all the stations, uh, yeah. the, the map, our sort of uh, logo map that we use in advertising. that has all the stations and their location and kind of the circles around them showing the, the range. And I, I've, I've had that. I wear that a lot, uh, certainly when the weather's nice. And I've been in line, like at a store, with somebody behind me. And said, Super Talk, I, I like Super Talk. Uh, I like that show. What's that guy's name? <laughs> Say, well, that you mean be that me. handsome guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, no, it's uh, we're honored, uh, honestly, and uh, humbled and, and grateful for the support. Yeah, and and I hope you like the show as much as uh, like I said we like uh, bringing it to you. Um, let's see, we got more coming in on the C Spire text line, Scott and Raleigh. So yes, Scott, that's actually not. Uh, he sent us a flyer. There's a Republican lieutenant governor candidate forum that is tonight, and this is uh, where's it going to be in West Point, and so. All of the candidates, Republican candidates, are scheduled to be present. But a forum, Scott, I believe they're just speaking. I don't think this is a a moderated debate. That's a little different situation. Uh, But the Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman, Senator Chris McDaniel, Shane Quick, Tiffany uh, Longino, all of whom are candidates for Lieutenant Governor on the Republican side will be present according to this flyer we um i will say though that we would be honored to host uh, a debate i think would be cool i think uh, certainly on the republican primary side we've got a very interesting race for lieutenant governor and i think folks are interested in the candidates uh, positions and i um i just put this out there i would be honored to moderate such a debate. and well, ask, You've been doing a lot of moderating recently, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Uh, I've, I've moderated uh, health care panel discussions, medical marijuana <laughs> discussions uh, as well, panel-type discussions, yeah. presentations. I really do enjoy that and, and try to um, ask questions, pose questions of um, the subject matter experts 
that I think the public would be interested in uh, hearing about. And the same would be the case here for candidates for the, the job of a lieutenant governor. Of course, in, in this chair, as you know, we're interviewing um, lawmakers, elected officials, regularly. I mean, that's, that's a a hallmark of this network and, and of these shows, for sure, the Gallo Show and this show, to bring that to the people and let those elected officials voice um, their their positions and, and just their feedback on the various questions that we pose them, certainly during the legislative session. That's almost daily on the two shows. But we got a very intriguing and what it looks to be a very competitive and contentious race Heating up for lieutenant governor in the state of Mississippi. Anytime you have, of course, a, a challenger to an incumbent, that's always interesting is one way to put it. But we would be honored to host such a debate. Um, probably do that. We could do it here in the studio, but maybe a better idea would be a, a public uh, setting. We could figure something out there and have a debate of the candidates and pose questions to them that I think the people of Mississippi uh, would like to know where they stand on so they can be more informed to cast their their ballot. That's what it's all about. And I think that tends to get, um, let's just say, uh, into the details a little more on candidate positions than you do if it's just a single sort of interview because... You can see the contrast, yeah. especially if you ask candidates, uh, let them answer the same question. Yeah, debates are a good thing. And the, the on the national scene, there's an issue with debates that there's less of them than yeah. there used to be. I agree. It's a problem. You know, the presidential debates, you, you know, we typically have three of them. That's in – they've – that might not be the the case going in the future, right? Yeah, it, certainly that does seem to be the case, and it it may be because of uh, who the candidates are just aren't willing to get on the stage and debate. I will say this about Donald Trump: he won't shy away from a debate. Yeah, and uh, like him or not, one of the things that I think Americans did respect about him is how open he was with the press. I mean, he would answer to the point where you remember he'd he'd be out on the West Lawn um, setting up to board Marine One to go to the Air Force Base to get on Air Force One to travel somewhere. And while he was on the lawn there, which is typically the case as you walk from the White House to the helipad there, you're just surrounded by reporters that have access to be on the White House property there. And he would always stop and answer questions to the point where his handlers would say, Sir, we got to go. We got to go. Yeah. I mean, they're pulling him away. And he'd go, just a minute, you know, and he's answering questions. So it's the opposite situation with the guy we got now, seems to me. It is. And that's part of the issue. We were talking about the media earlier. That's part of the issue with the media is that. A lot of times you get in these silos of people don't – you know, 10 or 15 years ago on CNN, it would just be people screaming at each other. Yeah, that's true. You don't have that anymore. That's it's true. everybody agreeing with each other. You know, you made a great You're point. Right. You know, it's it's everybody agreeing with each other. Nobody's willing to, you know, say, hey, I want, ask me the tough question. Right. Or I'm going to ask you the tough question. We're going to debate it out together. Yeah. Well, I'll just say this. If we have a debate, I will ask the tough questions. Now, 
some people's definition of tough questions may differ than mine, but it would be detailed, relevant, substantive, policy-oriented questions, because that's where the rubber meets the road, and that's what affects Mississippians more than anything. We're taking a break right here on Middays. We're in the Element Well Studios on this Monday, coming right back. Jackson 97.3. Days with Gerard Gibbert. Let's do this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Let's go. Middays, that's Faithfully by Journey on the all-hit request line. Thanks for that, Will. So I asked Will to play that because yesterday I marked 40 years, 1983, when the single was released off the Frontiers album, Faithfully. Arguably one of the greatest uh, rock power ballads of all time. Filling up the stadiums back then. Still are. I track them, you know, of course. Yeah. They sell out everywhere they go. Touring. Still selling out. Everywhere. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Speaking of which, we got Morgan Wallen. That's Co- right. This weekend. Country music superstar Morgan Wallen is coming to Oxford, and Supertalk Mississippi is giving you one last chance to win tickets. You can register to win one last pair of sweet seat tickets simply by going to the Supertalk Mississippi app. Just open up the app and click on Contests. Fill out your info, and you're entered to win our very last pair of Sweet Seat Tickets to see Morgan Wallen in concert this Sunday. That's going to be a big one, too, up there, isn't it? It is. We, you know, he's doing two nights. He's doing Saturday and Sunday. These tickets are for Sunday. Uh, so the We had our previous contest that we ran for a long, long time where you had to go and register at the boxes. And uh, I gave, gave away the tickets. I was the guy who actually contacted the winners. And uh, I one guy so excited – uh, in the Tupelo area, he's probably listening right now. He called me at eleven thirty Saturday night, this past Saturday, eleven thirty. Hey man, you got any more info on those tickets? I just check. I just want to make sure I don't miss out. <laughs> like, uh, we're good. We're still good. <laughs> gonna be awesome. That's gonna be uh, for the Super Talk Suite there, right? Yeah, yeah. right there, Vault Hemingway in the corner there, Vault Hemingway. Exactly. So it's, it'd be a, a great venue and a great spot. You want to fight the the bathroom line. True. You know, true. <laughs> all that, all that rigmarole. Yeah, ought to, ought to be cool. So I was going to go back to what Jerry was saying. Uh, I believe it was him expressing concerns about artificial intelligence and just innovative technology. Of course, those are powerful tools. I have concerns about AI. I've been reading quite a bit about that. Uh, I have concerns about that as well. 
However, I do not think we should put the lid on human innovation and entrepreneurship because that's you're spawning all sorts of new industries, new applications, new jobs, new vocations, and a lot of money waiting to be made. Now, in the wrong hands, yeah, it scares me. Just like a nuclear bomb would, in the wrong hands. Um, and, and again, applied for malicious purposes, yeah, that scares me. That bothers me. I think we're going to need some sort of reasonable regulation. Now, here's a concern, Will, I've had for years. And in my public speaking, uh, I I, I don't want to sort of give away the farm because you may be in the audience one day at at one one of my uh, speeches, and it's, it's kind of a surprise. But let's just put it this way. Our government ain't ready for this. You think about who are making the laws at all levels of government. We still have people in Washington that can't and don't use email. How in the world are they going to address this possible threat of artificial intelligence to society? Elon Musk has come out and said, we got to slow it down. Now, I'm not sure I'm totally on board with Elon, and here's why. This is another situation just like quantum computing, where whomever wins the race there could dominate the planet. So if we just said, we got to dispense with AI, we can't do anything, you think China and Russia are going to do that? No. So when they achieve superiority to us, In those endeavors, the same as the case with quantum computing, they own us. That's the problem. So we've got to be careful. We've got to be responsible. We need reasonable, reasonable regulation. But we should not stop it because there's way too much to be gained from these technologies. I was reading this weekend about... A new occupation. This is just one of many, of course, that's sprouting up as a result of artificial intelligence. But the generative AI, such as ChatGPT, that's just one form of AI, right, where you submit text prompts to the tool. You've used it before, haven't you? Absolutely. We so. used it Friday. Okay. In fact, Friday we were taking questions from the, the ceasefire text line and just typing them into the, the to the AI and reading them out. Okay. It's and it's so amazing. It how is it incredible. Works. So it's text prompts submitted to the tool and then it returns an answer. Sometimes that answer could be a blog post, a story, an email ad. I mean, but it's it Dave, generates Dave text. had it do the close of the show. <laughs> He said, write a close for a, you know, conservative opinion radio talk show called Middays and, uh, you know, Super Talk Mississippi. And it wrote it out. Incredible. It's incredible. I mean, it it's truly is amazing technology. But this new occupation is known as a prompt engineer. Okay. So prompt engineers would be responsible for just writing the text prompts, just like <laughs> what you said, write a close for midday. Mm-hmm. So 
prompt engineers understand the inner workings of the tools. So it's really, really two uh, two aspects of the of the job. One is understanding the tool to maximize its output, optimize its output through the prompts you submit to it, the text prompts, and um, the 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 second is teaching it. So artificial intelligence is a form of machine learning, which means that it just gets smarter with experience, just like humans do. Mm-hmm. So the, the more information that it filters, retrieves, acts upon, uses to generate output, it sort of stores that in its brain, if you will, and uses that in the future. Except it's a lot better at retaining information than the human brain is. So prompt engineers, there's a surge of uh, advertisements for such a job. And guess what? Pay? Average pay? $212,000 a year. Now this isn't something you go to college for, by the way. Now there are industries evolving to train you to be a prompt engineer. And what is said about kind of the prerequisites, if you will, to be a, the most effective prompt engineer is that you need to have a creative hacker spirit <laughs> and love solving puzzles. Okay. So there's a company called Clarity. starts with a K. They're an automated document reviewer. They're offering $230,000 for a machine learning engineer who can, quote, prompt and understand how to produce the best output from AI tools. How about Boston Children's Hospital? Consulting firm Booz Allen Hamilton. They're also advertising for prompt engineers. They're paying 250000 bucks. One company, I'm looking for the name of the company, is paying three thirty-five, three hundred thirty-five thousand, to be a prompt engineer. Wow. So, uh, again, just as you have concerns about AI eliminating lots of jobs, certainly jobs that are very repetitive, that where you could train the tools to perform them. Got a whole new crop of jobs that pop up. That that's the way it's always been in society. But this is fascinating, in my view, that uh, we've got these whole new series of jobs coming about as a result of artificial intelligence, high-paying jobs. This is why it's going to be harder and harder for colleges to sell prospective students to come get the traditional linear degree. And I don't think colleges are responding fast enough to that because think about who pretty much runs the colleges. People who want you to come spend a bunch of money to get a traditional linear degree. Colleges are going to have to adapt and adjust. We're coming right back with more here. We got half an hour left on midday. Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews after the top of the hour.
Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi. Element Well Studios, it's midday, Super Talk Mississippi, Will East in for the vacationing of Rhino today, and we got some tickets to give away. That's right, the band you're hearing right now, Leonard Skinner, <laughs> going to be at the Brandon Amphitheater on Saturday, April 29th, so at the end of this month, and we're going to give you a chance to win tickets. You can buy tickets by going to Ticketmaster.com or by going to the Brandon Amphitheater box office. Again, Leonard Skinner at the Brandon Amphitheater in Brandon on Saturday, April 29th. So a Saturday concert, Gerard, which is always good. Yep. You want a Saturday night concert. You know, Friday night, you got to get off work. you got to go home and change, all that kind of stuff. You know, a concert during the weekday, it's a little bit tougher, but Saturday night's perfect night for it. And we're going to give you a chance to win tickets. Be the seventh person to text into the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395, this key phrase to win a pair of tickets. 601-879-4395, text in this key phrase. The key phrase is... Freebird. The fifth person to text in Freebird is going to win a pair of of tickets to see Leonard Skinner, and you know what? After all these years, I still misspell it when I type it out. <laughs> you need some of that AI. <laughs> I need some of that AI. I bet. I bet AI could probably write a song. No doubt think? about. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, it's that's one of the challenges is to you know how do you determine original human created content versus that produced by AI? This is causing problems in in schools. Uh, for for works that could Absolutely. be done, so just to show you how things can be influenced from an economic and financial perspective, Samsung actually has a bigger install base of smartphones globally than does Apple. Yeah, uh, Apple has more in the U.S., but globally, if you go to Europe or somewhere like. I've been over there, and everybody has a Android That's right. phone. An iPhone's pretty rare over there, actually. That's exactly right. Google has a fairly lucrative default search engine deal with both Apple and Samsung. However, brand new report, hot off the press, Samsung is considering ditching Google and replacing it with Microsoft's Bing search engine. Hmm. And that is because of Bing Chat, the AI, the generative AI tool. It's a new section on the Microsoft search engine, which is number two to Google, that allows people to search the internet with natural human language and then receive natural human results in return. Of course, it's powered by the chat GPT-4. Bing has exclusive rights to commercial use of this machine learning model. And that has made Google pretty mad in the IT industry, Will, whenever you'd have these these giant companies like this that would be 
contending with each other. I would call that the elephant's ball. They're just just picking those big old feet up and down, bouncing up and down. They're just giant elephants. Who's going to be left standing, so to speak? So as a result, I checked the futures this morning, right after this announcement. Microsoft stopped after falling last week up. Now, I haven't looked at it since then. It may have come back down and, and uh, moderated a bit. But if Samsung cuts a deal with Microsoft to make it the default search engine in the operating system on the smartphone, that's a big deal to Microsoft from a financial perspective. That's why they've invested all that money in there. And exactly Google right. Google has, I mean, it's panic mode over at Google. No doubt. It, it absolutely is. So somebody on the ceasefire tech boy, we got them rolling in here with the free bird there. We have a winner, by the way. Okay. You can stop texting in. Uh, so somebody texted in. Uh, it may have scrolled by, but yeah, the Google CEO did do an interview. I think it was the entire hour on sixty minutes. I caught some of it, talking about AI. I mean, this is going to dominate the discussion in the technology industry. What's amazing is this isn't new. It's it's new in that it's become uh, usable, effective. Yeah. But gosh, I remember forty years ago talking about this. I know this sounds crazy, but I remember when I was pitching my company to potential lenders or investors, I was actually talking about AI as being an, a new frontier. Mm-hmm. Now. It happened after I sold my company. I mean, there were some examples of it and and uh, some of the tools that we, we use and some of the infrastructure that we marketed. One that comes to mind is from a company called Splunk, S-P-L-U-N-K, public company. Fascinating technology, but it's, it's machine learning security technology, and it's also... Uh, machine learning. They also make machine learning tools that can uh, filter through an enormous amount of data that is stored in, in logs um, and in IT infrastructure to help analyze those logs and activity in the infrastructure. I'm talking about routers, switches, servers, talking about that at the hardware level. And it filters all that and then advises IT managers gives them a heads up on possible problems and reactions to take. Sometimes it can do it itself. A lot of, of cybersecurity response is fully automated. A lot of people don't realize that with AI. Therefore, you don't even know. It's, it's already been detected and neutralized by cybersecurity systems that are using AI. Well, guess what? The bad guys that are propagating those attacks, they're also using AI. It's estimated about 80% on both sides of the cyber attacks, the malicious activity, and the response is AI-generated now, 80%. So that's that's an example where you got bad guys trying to use it to penetrate and do harm to systems, and you got good, good use of it in the form of cyber defense technology. Interesting. Yeah. Like uh, the movie Terminator wasn't that far off that came out almost 40 years ago. That's today. absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, let's see. So you got a whole new set of jobs propping up. By the way, 
Uh, Robert Reich, something else I wanted to say. This idea about the middle class shrinking, they're not telling you the whole story on this, folks. The middle class is shrinking, but to a great extent, that's because a whole lot more people are moving up into higher income levels. They never tell you about that. They want you to think that, that well, that's because people are falling out of the middle class and falling below middle class from an income. No, they're not telling you the whole story. Statistically speaking, the upper income strata are growing fairly substantially. Over 30% of U.S. households earned over $100,000 in 2020. Fewer than 30% earned between 50000 and 100000 That's what is defined as the middle class. The share of U.S. households making at least 100000 has more than tripled since 1967. What folks like Reich and so forth wants, want to tell you um, is that uh, in, tw- in 1971, 60%... Of Americans were in the middle class, and and that's now shrunk to a much uh, smaller number now today. That's what they want to tell you, and they won't tell you the fact. Well, yeah, that's because a lot of people um, have moved up. So between sixty-one and nine and twenty-one usually is where you see the comparison made, and it is true. But they don't tell you the whole story. What they didn't move, they didn't go backwards. They went up. But I contend that we'd have a whole bigger middle class, and we could get people out of the lower classes, the um, the lower income classes, the, the the poverty level classes, if they go to work. We got ten million jobs available, but the government keeps paying them not to work. And Stephen Moore, who's been on the program a few times, he worked in the Trump administration on the Council of Economic Advisors. He wrote a great op-ed over the weekend about this. And he said, well, yeah, that's because we keep paying people not to work. In fact, the title of the article, Hey, Uncle Sam, Stop Paying People for Not Working. That's how you get people out of the lower income levels into the middle class and the middle class up into the higher incomes. And it prevents that other thing that we were talking about earlier. What's that? Oh, just doing all the bad stuff, you mean? All the violence. Yeah, no doubt about it. Idle hands, right? Idle hands. There you go. We're coming back on Middays with the final segment today. Then it's going to be Fox News, Super Talk News, followed by Ricky Matthews with Super Talk Outdoors. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. On Super Talk Mississippi. Well, I remember every little thing as if it happened only yesterday. The great meatloaf. 
Bumping us into the final segment on this Monday on Middays in the Element Well Studios. Ben from Madison on the ceasefire text line referring to uh, my offer to moderate a debate of the lieutenant governor candidates uh, in the Republican primary. Please make it happen. We need to hear their differences on a debate stage. I agree, Ben, and uh, I'd love to. I am going to reach out to the candidates directly and uh, see if we can get uh, an affirmative answer there to do it. I think it would be very valuable to the people of the state of Mississippi. And again, I I can um, make the commitment that it'll be a fair debate. We'll ask meaningful questions that require some thought. In introspection and um, and answers that don't beat around the bush. We'll press them on that. Don't avoid the questions, but yet do, in fact, provide substantive answers. Will, I'm watching the video they're airing on the TV here of this teen takeover I talked about earlier in Chicago. This is incredible. This is incredible. These are kids. These are kids. Attacking people, they're showing all the windshields, an enormous number of cars just totally hosed up, out on the streets, up to nothing. What the heck? This is ridiculous. This is the future of our country. The future. And yet, the government of Chicago just turns its head, its eyes, its ears, won't pay attention to it, doesn't even acknowledge it's a problem. Unbelievable. Louie from the 662, Gerard, there seem to be a lot more wrong hands out there these days. I I agree, Louie, and it's disturbing. I, I just don't understand. Of course, you say, well, where are the parents? Why they got these kids running around on the streets? Well, I, like I said, what parents? That's the question. Exactly. What parents? I mean, it's like a huge number of them. I don't want to call them a mob. Somebody got... Uh, who was it at the Masters? They were fired for being um, a commentator on the broadcast. But it's a swarm of people out in the streets. And they're all kids running around up to no good. And some of them are fighting each other. I just saw that. Did you see the mayor-elect of Chicago, what his response was? No, what? Quote, in no way do I condone the destructive activity we saw in the loop and lakefront this weekend. It is unacceptable and has no place in our city. However, what's that old saying about but or however? Anything before but or however is just junk. Yep. However, it is not constructive to demonize youth who have otherwise been starved of opportunities in their own communities. Oh, yeah. So let's our city, our city must work together to create spaces for youth to gather safely and responsibly under adult guidance and supervision. They used to be called the home, I think, uh, to ensure that every part of our city remains welcome to, to, for both residents and visitors. Uh, we want to make a city livable for everyone. That's horse hockey. <laughs> That's weak. Anything before spineless. but or however, you can just dismiss. <laughs> so it's society's fault. Yeah. No it's safe. always somebody else's fault. They just don't teach individual responsibility. Because no, there's nobody no safe at home. Spaces. Safe spaces. That's garbage. 
freaking safe space. They don't want to be safe. They want to terrorize other people. Why? What is in their hearts and minds to cause them to do that? To compel them to, I think I'm going to go to the street and start beating up on old people. Smash their cars and their windows. Destroy property. Yeah, that's a big time. Man, I just don't get it. Gary Meridian says more than likely their parents are either unknown, deceased, or incarcerated, or drugged up, Gary. That's the bigger problem. Living off the dang government. I tell you, this article that Stephen Moore wrote was just so spot on. Stop paying people not to work. The welfare state today is paying people not to work. Even a single hour. Even a single hour. Now, you know, there are states, even the federal government. Did you know there's a bill that has been introduced? It's either been introduced or the structure of it and the framework of it has been outlined that would be used as input to create a bill that would declare, establish the the 32-hour work week as a normal work week. We just seem, seem to always find ways to work less diminish the value of work and then be totally non-productive and a drain on society and then blame it on somebody else. That's so upside down. We are out of time here today, but we are going to be back in the Element Well Studios again tomorrow. Fox News, Super Talk News up next and then Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone. Talk Mississippi Media Production.